just got a quote for you. Um, it's also up on the screen. If you want to have a look at it, if you can see it from uh, where you're sitting. It, um, it's a quote I came across recently, and it got me thinking a little bit. So if you start at the top of the picture, you can see it says, Hard times create strong people. So hard times create strong people. It goes around there to the right. It says, Strong people create good times. And then it keeps on going down to the bottom there. You've got good times create weak people. And weak people create hard times. And um, it was a saying of, uh, I think it was someone who wrote a book. I've got his name if you want it. And um, I found it on one of these um, websites which are more like prof professional jobs and things like that. And... Um, sort of talking about your career in the world and how your career can sort of go from one to the other to the other to the other. So it was to help people with their careers, basically. And um, I sort of read a little bit more into it because I, I actually like the saying and um, got a bit more information here about it. I'll just find it for you. Yeah, so the quote is from Michael J. Hopf, H-O-P-F, if you want to make note of that. Um, it says, in our lives and careers, we all go through peaks and valleys. It may sound similar to us, what we just heard. While the valleys feel worse, they are actually the best position to be in. And um, you sort of think about Scripture a little bit, and you can, you can find something similar in the Word of God as well. I think you look at um, James chapter 1, verse 2, um, you, you can... I'll just read it out to you. You can look at it if you want to or not, just for the sake of time. So James chapter 1, verse 2, you've got, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. You know, that's talking more about the valleys, the hard times, that we should be, you know, joyful. Actually, it uses the word joy when we have these things come up. But anyway, I'll read on this uh, quote I've got, or this little more information I've got about this is because the, because bad times make you stronger, work harder and smarter. So this is talking about people's careers, of course. When you are stronger, you lay the basis of success and create good times for yourself. So if you're in a tight spot, relish the opportunity in front of you. So it's sort of a little bit similar to the scripture we just read out. And I suppose at the end of it all, we don't like to admit it, but hard times make you who you are. Can you say amen to that, all the people said? Hard times actually make you who you are. So that's the good or the joy or the exciting part about being in a tight spot. Now, there's a little bit more information here um, about this, this, um, this saying or this uh, quote you see up there. It says, um, our brains are hardwired to focus on losing what we have instead of opportunities that we could seize in the future. And I was also thinking about this and trying to put it into context of the um, scriptures. And uh, we probably all know the story in Matthew chapter 25 about the, um, uh, the talents. And of course, there it's, you know, very much linked to those that will make it and those that won't make it, it's talking about 
Jesus Christ returning. And in Matthew 25, you've got this one person who buried his talent. I think it starts there in verse 14. All right? Now, when you think about it, the one who buried his talent was afraid of losing it. What's the best place to hide something in the ground? So this quote here saying that our brains are hardwired to focus on what we can lose. And that's where I think a lot of the times we suffer, we have our struggles with what will I lose or what can I lose? If you're a new person to the meeting today, you might be thinking, if I get baptised and spirit-filled, maybe I'll lose my friends. It all starts there. Then we can go on. It may be things that we don't even have now. If I, if I follow the Lord, maybe I'll lose this ideal of my future, what I want in my future. Maybe it won't fit in if I follow this God. And I think that's what the devil really uses most of the times with, against us. You know, we fear what we might lose. So it talks here a little bit about our comfort zone. Because we fear what we can lose, we get into our comfort zones where it's safe, like this one person who had the one, this person who had the one talent. Just put it somewhere where it's safe, where I'm sure I'm not going to lose it. Now, we all know that was the wrong choice through this parable, um, but it's something we quite easily do. All right, enough of that. Um, you can take it off the screen if you want. I've got a few other notes I want to go through quickly. Yeah, I suppose just... What uh, the thing I wanted to talk about was um, our mindsets. Mindsets. I know it's probably a bit hard to hear with the with the fans going on, but camp is a good time uh, to see if we're in the right frame of mind. That actually rhymed, didn't it? I could make a poem out of that. Where's Alan? So camp is the right time to see if we're in the right frame of mind. And the Bible is full of examples. Well, I found a few, at least. Talking about mindsets, if you if you read, you want to make a note, Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6, it talks about, you know, the rebuilding of Jerusalem and it said that the, for the people had a mind to work. So obviously their minds were set to do something and they followed through with it. Um, we know that um, when we have the right mindsets, we uh, we become very fruitful. Lots of things grow from having the right mindset in our lives. Um, on the other side, of course, when we've got the wrong mindset, things become unfruitful. Nothing seems to grow from having the wrong mindset. And there's times where we have to check ourselves. I mean, I was in Europe for 30 years, and in Europe we had four camps a year plus a convention. Right? So for 30 years I went to all of them. Or maybe, maybe I missed one when Monica was decided to give birth the exact same weekend as a camp. Alright? So that's probably 150 camps and conventions in the 30 years that I was in Europe. You probably had, you know, similar here, seeing you have such a lovely facility. And often when I was at a camp, I was sitting there and I came to the realization that, oh, that mindset isn't correct, Chris. That's not good because in the camp, in a setting like this, our mindset gets exposed to the general mindset of the assembly, to the church, 
and we can see where maybe we've gone off a little bit. You know, our mind has been set in the wrong way. So if you just like to go to James chapter 4, James chapter 4, I'd like to talk about prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost. In James chapter 4 and verse 3, if you all got it, James chapter 4 and verse 3, it says you ask but you receive not and receive not because you ask amiss that you may be, that you may be consume it upon your lust. So the point I want to make with this is that these people that James was writing to, they obviously had the wrong mindset. And because they had the wrong mindset, what they were asking for in prayer was actually the wrong thing. Now, I remember when I came to the Lord, um, witness to Monica, of course, and Monica's, witness to Monica's mum. And one of the things Monica's mum once said to us that, um, if we're so close in with God now, could we pray about the lotto numbers? Right? And obviously, you could, I'd quickly identify that's the wrong thing to pray for, right? But she was a worldly person, and that's what she thought we could use, this power that we have. Obviously, she believed that it's true. And what I wanted to say is that we can quite often end up praying for that which we shouldn't be praying for. So what we should be praying for is not what we're actually praying for. Can you follow me? We sort of ask amiss. And that's a result of having the wrong mindset. So you've got to go back to what is my mindset. I can remember once we were in financial, you know, we didn't, we were often in financial problems. Uh, we just had, you know, money coming in, money going out all the time. And I remember this really bothered me and I was praying, you know, for a solution to our financial problems. And then I remembered Monica's grandparents had died a couple of years back and we actually inherited their, their, their house, their, their real estate, their flat. And I'm thinking, here I am praying about something the Lord has already answered. I mean, we didn't have cash flow because of that, but we had security. And it was because I had the wrong mindset at the time. So prayer is our most effective tool, and all people said. So we want to be praying about the right things, which means we have to pray with the right mindset. Now, I also find it interesting that in Romans chapter 8, you know the scripture anyway, but you can look at it if you want to. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 it says the Holy Ghost actually prays for us, making intercessions um, with groanings which cannot be uttered. So I sort of read that and I think, well, the Holy Spirit works like this. I get down to pray and then this is what I want to pray for. And the Holy Spirit says, oh, poor little Christopher, he thinks he should pray for this. But because I know better, because I'm the Holy Ghost, I know Christopher should pray for that. So while he's opening his mouth, I'll make him pray for that without him even knowing about it. <laughs> now that's how much help God has to give us. All right? That's what the Holy Spirit does because we don't have any control over what we say. Most, a lot of people I came across in my years in Hungary, actually the, fright, the, the thought of them speaking something they don't know what they're saying actually scared them because they always wanted to have control over what they say. They didn't have the trust the Holy Spirit or God would know better. Um, if we just go quickly to finish up in um, in Matthew 26, 
just finish up with a few thoughts here. This is, um, you know, it's quite an important time. Um, this was going to be the test for Jesus. He was going to be crucified. And like I said before, hard times make you who you are. And um, Jesus is, is who he is because he went through this trial. And he came out the other end, praise the Lord, you know, with the help of God. And uh, I always find this, this, I always find this interesting, this intimate time that Jesus had just with praying to the Lord, praying to God, sorry, just before this. And I've, I've spoken about, you know, the Garden of Gethsemane. We've been to Jerusalem. Um, 2019, we're in Israel. You know, we sort of got a bit of an idea about where the garden was and how dark it would have been when they were walking out there and how lonely it would have been and all these things. And he's there praying and this is a really solemn moment. You know, it's, it's crunch time. Um, and Jesus is praying in verse 39, and he says, If it be possible, you know, let this cup pass from me. In verse 39 there, if it be possible. So it's a question. And then in verse 42, he says, If this cup may not pass away from me. So it seems maybe in the context of tonight's talk, he had one mindset, right, there might be another way. I might not have to go through this. And the second time he prayed, the mindset had changed. Can you see that or am I just imagining these things when I look into the scriptures? All right? His mindset had changed just a little. And he came to a point of acceptance. Now, Monica and I, we've been watching a series on one of the streaming services. I don't want to advertise them or the series itself. But the series is a six-part series on longevity. Do we know that word longevity? And I've got a few nephews who are not in the fellowship and I find out that they're really interested in longevity. They can talk about it for a long time and I can also join some of these conversations because the Bible's full of, you know, things which are along the lines of longevity. One of the series, one of the parts of this series was about fasting. Now we heard about fasting before? You know, but they're all doing this, you know, with science. They've got science behind it and they're saying, well, why it's good for your body? Well, lo and behold, you know, so there's things which you can sort of see the Bible already has. And in one of these parts, the last part of this series was called acceptance. And, um, it's talking about growing old and how a lot of people, um, just can't accept they will grow old and how in actual fact, that stress of not accepting that they're going to grow old makes them live shorter. Right? And they put some science behind it. And, you know, I can believe that it's true. Um, what we see. And I think the mindset, the change, the small change in Jesus Christ's mindset in the Garden of Gethsemane was this acceptance. And brothers and sisters, there are some things I think we're just going to have to accept. Something's not. Let me try and make that clear. Um, Jesus was praying about how he will be treated by others. Right? And sometimes we spend a lot of our time maybe praying about how we will be treated by others. Maybe there we're asking amiss. And instead of praying about that, we can pray just to accept there will be people who hate us. There will be people who don't like us. There will be people who won't have a cup of tea with us, etc., etc. In instances like that, 
I think the example of Christ speaks to us there in the Garden of Gethsemane where we can just pray to accept things like that. Talk about healing, it's another matter. Never accept that you're not going to get healed. You know, try and always keep that alive. But other things, we can go down this road and just ask for the right thing. I suppose the reason why I'm talking about this, I had these thoughts actually one day last week and then I got a text from Pastor Chad because I was thinking, oh, I want to talk about this maybe the next time I give a talk and I got a text that day from Pastor Chad, Would you, can you give a talk at camp? I thought, okay, those two things happen the same day. I might be able to connect those two things. And I suppose just in the last weeks and months in my own life, I've been praying about situations, you know, about people around about me and, um, you know, situations like that. And I just came to this realisation, I'm praying for the wrong thing. I should just pray that I can accept that this is the way it is. And when that happened, a peace came inside of me. And actually the situation changed. I thought, okay, that's a good lesson for me. Maybe it's a good lesson for a lot of us as well. You know, when we go to the Lord in prayer, just to make sure, I think someone gave a talk during this camp that don't bring the devil to the tabernacle or something, like don't bring him in during your prayer life type thing. Maybe it's just a little bit similar. Just make sure we've got the right mindset when we go to the Lord and ask for the right things. All people said, amen. Amen. 